Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to have our rapid review of all the games from round six coming throughout today. It is, of course, Tuesday. Today is a little bit of a shorter week. Uh, as you guys know, you've probably caught on. I'm getting married on Friday, so this week's going to be a little bit hectic. So we'll try and get as much content as we possibly can to you guys, then be on the honeymoon. Uh, so I'll try and get as much content out during the week as well. But if there is limited content, uh, you guys know why. But let's get stuck into the review, the rapid review from round six. And we kicked off on Thursday night with the Melbourne Storm taking on the Sydney Roosters from down there in Melbourne. Um, really enjoyed this game. The Roosters started pretty fast. Jackson Paulo scored first, and you sort of thought, okay, here we go. The Roosters are on here. They're looking good. Uh, we also had, uh, you know, Joey Manu playing fullback. He was looking dangerous. Um, the ball that Sam Walker threw to Jackson Paulo for his try was incredible. Such good footy. It was unreal. Um, yeah, we then had the Daniel Tupu knock-on, which I sort of felt sort of turned the momentum in this game a little bit. Uh, you then had the Christian Walsh offload, led to the Xavier Coates try. I thought that Trent Liera, his ball playing in this moment, just the awareness to know to straighten up, uh, pl- play real straight, play out the back. Very, very impressive. I think Trent Liera was under a lot of pressure to hold his spot a couple of weeks ago. I think ever since then, he's been pretty damn impressive. I- I- I've been very impressed with my thought on this moment. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, Radley, the sin bidding. Uh, I think this is what cost the Roosters the game. I spoke about it on Twitter and on Instagram the other day about how, you know, Victor Radley, you will not find uh, a bigger fan of Victor Radley than myself. But uh, you, we, we can't tiptoe around it. We can't bullshit with you guys. It is costing the Sydney Roosters consistently at the moment. He needs to get this stuff sorted out because it's costing him and his career, but it's also just costing the Sydney Roosters in general. We know that when they won the comp, he was such an important part of that side 
and you look over the years, he just hasn't spent enough time on the field and little things like this keep happening. There's the argument that Cam Munster might have taken a dive or whatever the hell it might be, but I'm sorry, you've got to be fucking smarter than that, Victor. We know how they are officiating the rules at the moment. We've spoken about it for the last few weeks on the podcast, on Bloke, every any rugby league podcast you have been listening to that knows what they're talking about will be talking about you cannot touch halves late. It is as simple as that. We are in the entertaining business. The entertainment comes from halves and the creative players in our comp. We need to protect them. It's the same as the NFL. You can't go anywhere near fucking quarterbacks now. It's exactly the same in the NRL. We all know this. We all know that the NRL is being over the top with protecting halves. Victor Adley, a couple of seconds after Cameron Munster you know, passes the ball, goes and puts a shoulder into him. Was it the worst shot of all time? No, it wasn't. But it was late and it was stupid. And you know, you know that the referees are going to come down hard on you. You cannot leave your team short like that on the field. It's just stupid by Victor Radley. As I said, I am the biggest Radley fan in the world. But there is nothing more frustrating than when you've got a guy like Victor Radley with all the talent in the world, all the toughness in the world, completely just, just... Oh, he just stands in his own way way too often. I find it so frustrating. You look at the end of 2019, I was sitting there going, okay, Victor Radley's the best 13 in the comp. All of a sudden, he spends the next three years either injured or making bonehead decisions that keep him off the field. Meanwhile, Cam Murray does it week in, week out. I'm telling you right now, Cameron Murray's a tremendous footballer. His ball playing and everything, it isn't anywhere near the level of Victor Radley at his best. But Radley has spent so much time off the field, injured, suspended, whatever it might be, that he's allowed Cameron Murray to just take everything that Victor Radley had. Isaiah Yeo has also emerged during that time, and he is now considered the best 13 rugby league. I would argue that Isaiah Yeo, his passing and his skill set and everything is probably on about the same level as Victor Radley, but Radley had the advantage of winning two competitions in a row. In a row, the first lock forward to do it in years, and then it was, you know, Origin, all these sort of things were just waiting for him to grab the jersey, and ever since then, he hasn't fired a shot. He's allowed Isaiah Yeo to go on and win two back-to-back premiers and establish himself as the best lock in rugby league. And Cam Murray, in my opinion, since ever since Victor Radley has stopped winning those comps and stopped you know, just playing smart footy, he's also allowed Cameron Murray to become the most complete forward in rugby league, in my opinion. Victor Radley has got the skill set to be on the exact same level as these guys. But he just, he can't stay on the field. He can't stay fit. He can't stay out of suspensions. He just can't keep himself out of trouble, Victor Radley. And I find it... So frustrating, so frustrating. I, I've been saying for a long time, I cannot wait for the next 10 years when you've got Victor Radley versus Cam Murray. It's going to be unreal. At the moment, it's, it's Cam Murray taking on a ghost of Victor Radley because he is his own worst enemy, and it is so frustrating. Not even to take into consideration all the head knocks and everything that could keep him out of rugby league. It's it's a serious, serious worry with Victor Radley. And as much as he can't control injuries and head knocks and all that sort of stuff, all the stuff that he can control, he is consistently losing control of, which is so frustrating. It annoys me so much watching Victor Radley do some of the things that he does because he should be one of the best footballers in this competition. It is just crazy. That's him, and it really turned this game on its head. Let's be honest here. There's no tiptoeing around it. There's no excusing it. He went off in the 27th minute. I think they scored two tries in that period. Nick Meany obviously crossed. Cam Munster crossed as well. Munster is an absolute freak. He is just on another level. Nick Meany scored off a great try. And Cameron Munster, he is... I don't know. He, he's just on another level, Cam Munster. As far as big game players go, uh, very hard to top Cam Munster at the moment. He is an absolute freak. Uh, you obviously had the Munster kick that delivered a Coates try. Uh, no Roosters contesting for the ball. Hutchinson, I'd love to know. 
I'd love to talk to Cam Munster and Craig Bellamy and go, hey, is this something you identified over the last few weeks watching Hutcho at centre that whenever you kick to that corner, he straight away turns his body to try and cover his winger? Did they purposely drop it on his head? I would love to know because if so, it just went perfectly scripted. You've got a guy in Hutcho who's a tremendous player. I love Drew Hutchinson. But he's out of position there, and I wonder if this is something that the Melbourne Storm identified over the last few weeks, that if we drop it on his head, he won't even watch the football. He'll be so worried about covering and giving um, a bit of coverage for his winger. Very, very interesting. I'd love to know what happened in that moment. Um, the one-on-one tackle that Joey Manu made on Eli Katal, wow. Not many guys in this competition would have made that tackle. Tremendous stuff there uh, by Joey Manu. Um, I thought that, you know, Joseph Sully, he's all the talk at the moment. He's the hot topic. I thought Remus Smith did a tremendous job on him. And I think that there's not too many individual battles that Sully has won so far this year. Played, played Campbell Graham a couple of weeks ago. I thought Campbell Graham well and truly won that. I thought Remus Smith won this battle the other night. Surely wasn't bad or anything, but I thought Remus Smith won this battle. Uh, and it's happened a couple of times throughout this season. Uh, so, yeah, interesting times for Suwali. Obviously, a lot of hype around him and all that sort of stuff. And uh, personally, and I, 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 I thought at the end of last year, he will definitely play Origin this year. I, I've got Campbell Graham in front of him. I've got Campbell Graham in front of him without a doubt. And I'm very, very confident in saying that. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Shout out to Cam Munster. He was tremendous. Jerome Hughes, a little bit quiet in this game by his standards. Um, and Harry Grant just went about his business as usual. He was fucking tremendous, Harry Grant. Uh, I said on Bloke in a Bar last week that I genuinely think he will be the second best hooker ever, and I stand by it. Before his debut, I actually said this to my best mate. I said, oh, fuck, I don't have the balls to post it because it'll just sound outrageous at the moment. I'll cop a heap of shit for it. But I said to him, I genuinely do think this kid will be the second best hooker of all time behind Cam Smith. And uh, I'm still backing it in. He's got a lot, lot, lot of rugby league to come and whatnot. He's going to have to stack up a few competitions because obviously you've got your Danny Badiris who's won a premiership. You've got your Steve Walters who won many premierships. Uh, Benny Lies obviously didn't win a premiership but achieved so much and sort of changed the game a little bit. Harry Grant, he's got a rare opportunity to come in after the greatest ever and hopefully achieve quite a bit down there at the Melbourne Storm. So interesting times. But congratulations to the Melbourne Storm getting the job done here. A huge victory, 28-8. to Disappointing from the Roosters. A bit hard to get a read on the Chooks and where they're at at the moment. But congratulations to the Melbourne Storm. A win down there at Amy Park. These two sides, the Roosters play the Sharkies next week, Friday night. And then straight after that, the Melbourne Storm, they take on the Manly Seagulls, who will hopefully be featuring Tom Trevojevic. All right, let's move to Good Friday. Some cracking games here. The first one was the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um... Look, bit of a weird game, this one. Canterbury actually scored first. They uh, they definitely didn't look like the better side early. South Sydney were all over them, but they just couldn't turn it into points. Jack Avrilo scored a try. Obviously, you had Kiraz get the ball off a scrum and just beat Tane Milne for speed and create a little spot for Avrilo. He went down the sideline. Pretty bizarre way to start this contest. Uh, and look, South Sydney weren't going that well. Obviously, Damien Cook, he put Cam Murray over for a brilliant little try. And then a couple of minutes, about 10 minutes before halftime, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Played South Sydney Rabbitohs footy for about 10 minutes and sort of blew Canterbury off the park in that 10-minute period. Two tries to Luttrell, uh, another try to Jacob Host. Shout-out to Jacob Host. I've never overly rated him as a footballer, and I've questioned his spot in this team. I thought this was his best game he's played yet in this game. I thought Jacob Host was tremendous for South Sydney. So, egg on my face. Hopefully, he can keep it up and keep proving me wrong. I have still got my question marks, but there is no denying it whatsoever. He had a cracking game the other night, Jacob Host. Luttrell Mitchell scoring his two tries. Went on to score another one, three tries for Trell Mitt in this game. Tremendous stuff.
stuff. South Sydney Rabbitohs came out in the second half. Cody Walker, he crossed the stripe. He's in fine form at the moment. Cody taking a lot of runs, getting heavily involved. Last week, he had 20 runs. I felt like he was around about that mark again. I'm just getting the stats up. It could be proven wrong here, but I'm pretty confident that Cody had a heap of runs. Uh, only had 10 runs. Jeez, it felt like more from Cody. 10 runs there. Uh, one line break, four line break assists, three try assists, five tackle breaks. He was everywhere, Cody Walker. He's looking tremendous. A guy that I'm sure myself and Timmy Williams will be talking about this week on Beers and Break Evens as an option for you guys to move to because he really is. He sort of, I, I sort of, I said in the preseason, and I know that I drafted Cody Walker and all that, but I said in the preseason that I thought Latrell Mitchell was taking too many points off Cody. At the moment, I think it's the other way around. Cody Walker, he's almost playing like a fullback at the moment, the way that he's hovering to both edges and whatnot. And it's it's almost like Latrell on a lot of these attacking plays in the nicest way possible isn't needed because Cody Walker has thrown these unbelievable passes. I would almost guess that potentially Latrell Mitchell is carrying a bit of an injury or something. I think there must be something going on there for Cody Walker to change his game up this much in such a short amount of time. Very, very interesting. But Campbell Graham uh, scored three tries in the back end of this game. And, you know, three tries is fantastic. That's all good and well. Uh, But 150 run meters. He had three line breaks, three tackle breaks. Campbell Graham, 15 tackles. Guess how many he missed? I'll let you have a wild guess at how many missed tackles Campbell Graham had. A grand total of zero. For me, he has to play Origin this year. I love what he's doing. Obviously, Josh Adokar got injured in this one. Going to be out for six to eight weeks. I think I read the other day. So we're sort of heading into the origin period by then. Personally, I think Campbell Graham has to be there. I would be going for Brian Toto and Campbell Graham as it stands right now. I've been so impressed with him this year. He was great last year, but I think you also need to keep in mind that the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they started this season with, I mean, arguably, and and people will blow up at this and say it's hyperbolic or whatever, but, I mean, it's arguably the best left edge we've ever seen. Yeah, it's got to be right up there. You look at over the last five or six years, I think it's fair to say over a five or six-year period, there has never been a better left edge. You've obviously got the leading try scorer of all time, soon to be. One of the leading try scorers ever, definitely the modern era. Uh, (laughs) The the winger down there, AJ, I mean, I, I don't know how you could deny that this is one of the premier edges we've ever seen. And now they're moving the football to the right side and Campbell Graham's the strike weapon out there. Definitely says something about him out there. So congratulations to South Sydney Rabbitohs. A huge win. Scary thing is, I would argue they played 40, 45 minutes of real South Sydney Rabbitohs football. They put on 50 points. If they can find a way to put on an 80-minute performance of South Sydney Rabbitohs, they are going to be a terrifying footy side. They are going to be a real problem. Still with guys to come back and whatnot, you've obviously got uh, Havili to come back in this side, Jai Arrow to come back in this side. So a lot more upside in this team. They just need to get everyone back on deck, and they need to get them on as soon as they can because this is one hell of a footy side, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Shout out. He had an error or two in there, but I thought that Thomas Burke just his meters through the middle were really good once again. He's always good for one or two errors. I think he had two in this game, which weren't great. But I think that just running through the middle, I think he's having a great season, Tom Burgess. He's right up there as far as post-contact meters this year. So shout out to him. Um, all right, let's have a look at the Canterbury Bulldogs. And look, I said this in the preview, guys, and I'm going to stand by. And I'm sorry for you, Bulldogs fans. It's probably a little bit boring, but... You had so many injuries going into this game. I thought you put up a good fight for parts of this game, but I'm really not going to put too much judgment into this. When you have a look at the start of the season, if we were to pick our Canterbury Bulldogs' best possible forward pack, realistically, the only guys that I would have had in there would have been Max King and Reid Marning. 
everyone else I'm not sure in the preseason if I would have had. Ryan Sutton I would have had off the bench. Corey Waddell I wouldn't have had in the side. Jacob Preston I might have had starting, but probably on the edge. And Harrison Edwards I wouldn't have had him in the 25. Uh, so very, very tough situation that they find themselves in. Tavita Pangai Jr., you've got Luke Thompson, you've got RFM, you've got Viliami Kikau. All these guys that are not available at the moment, we know how important a forward pack is in this competition. So I really don't put too much emphasis on this game for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Some standouts, though. Jacob, J- Jacob Kiraz, once again, got through a heap of work, set up the first try. Hayes Perham, I thought he was everywhere. Definitely warming to the task every single week. Hayes Perham looking really, really good. Reed Marnie uh, made 50 tackles, still missed his five-odd, but I think you'd have to investigate what those five-odd missed tackles were with Reed Marnie, the way that different guys defend can impact missed tackles and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, look, I just thought that they ran out of gas. I thought Max King... He's killing it at the moment. Fuck, he gets through a lot of work, Maxi King. And he's made a couple of errors over the last few weeks. And, you know, he, he, he made one or two errors on the weekend as well. But I just think he's really starting to own that task as a real leader in this side. And I think he'll be better for the run once the other guys do return. As I said, guys, it's a little bit boring, and I apologize for that. But I'm not putting too much emphasis on this loss by the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think we all saw it coming. I think they were in a very tough position. They also came up against a fucking very good footy side who, granted, didn't play great for the entire game. And I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Canterbury fans shouldn't be upset. They conceded 50 points. No matter who you run out with your 17, you shouldn't be conceding 50 points. But I don't think there's any doubting that this is a really tough circumstance the Bulldogs find themselves in. Short turnaround off the Sunday afternoon game last week as well with the sort of preparation they had. Very, very tough. I believe that Jacob Preston, if everyone was available, I don't think he would have played on the weekend. So... Guys playing hurt, et cetera, et cetera. They also lost Josh Adokar, which is going to be a massive loss over the next few weeks. So uh, plenty of kicks in the dick coming the way of Canterbury. So no need for me to put the shoe into them. I'll judge them on their performance next week. And even then, they're still missing so many troops that it is going to be a very tough gig once again. So unfortunately, Canterbury, they're in a really, really tough spot at the moment. Hopefully, this proud club can fight their way out of it. When I have a look at next week, the Rabbitohs, they play the Dolphins on Thursday night. That'll be a really good game. Another Wayne Bennett Cup there. And then uh, we have the Canterbury Bulldogs. They will be taking on the Parramatta Eels next Sunday, 4.05 p.m. Get a bit of a longer turnaround there. I don't know how many of the troops we're going to see back. Viliami Kikau we will see back. I'm hoping Tevita Pango Jr. is back as well, but I'm not convinced on that just yet. I'm not sure what RFM injuries is, but hopefully uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs do get a couple of guys back there. Parramatta obviously coming off a win against the West Tigers. I think they'll get Junior Bolo back as well. So Canterbury, they will definitely be needing some middle forwards in that one. Uh, very interesting how that one plays out. Let's move to the last game that we're going to do in this rapid review. We have the Dolphins knocking over the North Queensland Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys would get the Chockeys here, to be honest with you guys. I thought they'd find a way to win. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Dolphins managed to get the job done. Very, very impressive performance from the Dolphins. Jermaine Osaka, he has just got Wayne, Benton, Wayne Bennett written all over him. Fuck, he was impressive in this game. Did a number of very, very nice things. I thought he was tremendous. Having a tremendous season so far, Jermaine Osaka. I think a lot of us questioned the signing. A lot of us questioned him being in the starting team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he really has been unbelievable to start this season, Jermaine Osaka. He's been tremendous. Uh Toby Ifedo, I doubted him at the start of the year. I've got to, I've got to wear this one. I didn't think he was even close to being a first-grade fullback. 
he's been one of the better first-grade fullbacks in the competition this year. So full credit to Hamiso. As I said the other day, Wayne Bennett, he's sitting at about 10,000. Guru's sitting at about zero whenever I take him on. So credit to him. He's doing tremendous things, Hamiso, and it's great to see a guy like him return to North Queensland, take on his old team, you know, score a try like that in the back end. Scored two in the game, obviously, but scoring that one that he could really celebrate at the end that locked up the win. Um Tremendous, tr- tremendous stuff. Very, very impressive. Already mentioned Jermaine Osako. You and Aiken going about his business as per usual. He was tremendous. Jeremy Marshall King, we put out a tweet the other day about him. I'll just get that up now to share it with you guys. But I do remember, you know, a year or so ago when, you know, Jeremy Marshall King came out and said he wants to be, you know, a top five hooker in rugby league and he got absolutely pissed online. Everyone gave him shit. And I remember at the time, myself and Kempi sat there and went, hold on. This guy wants to be the best at what he does, which is what he should be trying to do, and you all want to give him shit for it, and he's got the balls to come out and say it, and you all want to give him shit for it? Fucking cowardly bullshit. It was such low internet bullshit. It was not even funny. And you have a look at how he's going so far. I'm not telling you he's a better player than Harry Grant, but fuck, he's doing well at the moment, Jeremy Marshall King. Harry Grant has played six games so far this year. He's got four tries, his three line break assists. He averages 72 run meters and he's got a 91% tackle efficiency. That is the guy that most, including myself, considered to be the best hooker in rugby league. That is in a Melbourne Storm side that he is used to, that he has been with for a couple of years that have, you know, pretty damn good side. They'll play top eight finals footy this year. We all had them in, the, in our top eight to start the season. Whereas Jeremy Marshall King, he comes in and plays hooker in a side that has never played together. An entire new franchise put together that just about no one had in their top eight. He's got the same amount of try assists, the same amount of line break assists. He's got 10 more average run meters per game, and he's got a higher tackle efficiency, and he's played two less games than Harry Grant. So take a bow, Jeremy Marshall King, tremendous to see. Champion footballer, JMK, love everything about him. Tommy Gilbert scored himself a nice little meat pie in this game, also ran for 150-odd metres, made his 34 tackles. He has been such a good signing, Tommy Gilbert. He's been tremendous. Isaiah Katoa, this is his first game really in charge of this side. Thought he did all right defensively. Uh, he did get targeted a little bit, which is going to happen in first grade. That's the reality of it. Missed seven tackles in this one, only made 10. Uh, so you're far from happy with that, but he is a young guy. It's going to take time. We warned you of this in the preseason that defensively he will get targeted. He will get caught out this year. He's just got to learn hard lessons, take them all on and keep moving Isaiah Cartola. Cause I thought, I, just, I thought he was great for what he's doing and the age he's had and the experience he's had. I think he's doing very, very well, but, the reality is these teams are not going to stop targeting. They are going to keep on coming for him and they will keep coming hard at him. So he's just got to keep showing a jersey and just and just keep showing up. But shout out to Wayne Bennett getting another W here, 32 to 22. Uh, they went about a 50-minute period without scoring a try and still found a way to win. There was, I think, the Cowboys scored three tries in a row. Cole Felt, Cohen Hess, and Val Holmes. And they just found a way to do it at the back end through Hamiso. So I think Wayne will be stoked with the first half. I think he'll be pretty disappointed with the second half realistically, but he's found a way to win. He's found a way to go to North Queensland and beat a Cowboys side with Scotty Drinkwater back in the side. So full credit to the Dolphins. They're doing tremendous things at the moment. So much egg on my face. It's not even fucking funny. A lot of egg on a lot of our faces, but I've been very, very outspoken in the preseason how I didn't think the Dolphins would do well. They have proven me wrong on so many fronts. So congratulations to them. And shout out to you, Dolphins fan. I hope you're fucking enjoying this. I hope you you just lap it all up because it really is tremendous what we're seeing. And as much as I've been so wrong with them, 
I have just enjoyed it so much. It has been unreal. Cowboys on the other side of the park, uh, they'll be pretty disappointed with this one. A game that it felt like they had the momentum at the back end. They just weren't able to seal it and get the job done. Kyle Feltz scoring a double. Cohen Hess scoring. And Val Holmes. I think they need to get Val Holmes more good ball. He looks so dangerous, so lethal at the moment. But they use him as that overs decoy way too much. If, I, if I'm going up against Val Holmes and that's how you're going to use him, I go, good as gold. You're wasting one of the strike players in our competition. I would love to see him get a little bit more good ball. Um, yeah, look, the Cowboys, they're still missing a couple of troops, but they got drink water. They got Ruben Cotter. I mean, that should have been enough to be able to win this game of football, realistically. They'll be very, very disappointed with their output in this game. I know I was very, very disappointed with the Cowboys and how they performed in this one. I really thought they would get the job done. Uh, shout out to Griffin Neem. Played the full 80 minutes in the back row. Got through 100-odd metres. Made his 30 tackles. Did miss a few. Jeez. The amount of tackles that their their forward pack missed. Mitch Dunn missed two. Robson missed two. Ruben Cotter missed two. Cohen Hess missed four. Griffin Neem missed six. Jason Tamalolo missed five. Jakey Granville came on and missed five. Jermaine Tenor Brown missed two. Riley Price missed two. Um, when you have a look at their 17, um, Tom Chester played 10 minutes. He didn't miss a tackle to his credit, but he was only on the field for 10 minutes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The only other player that didn't miss a tackle was Kyle Feld, who was a winger. So this is what we spoke about at the start of the season, talking about how, you know, the, the you got you got teams that are in the top eight that every year statistically two of them drop out. And quite often what we see over the years is that it's teams that come from nowhere, sort of struggle. When they make a huge improvement, it can be really hard to hang on to that. Looks like the Sharkies have held on to it. Now they've got Hines back, but the Cowboys... They look to be struggling. They had a huge preseason last year, unbelievable season last year. They look to be struggling to find that form at the moment. And the other one we spoke about in the preseason as well was the Parramatta Eels. They went all the way to the grand final, had a heap of changes. Very, very hard to emulate what they've done. They managed to get a win this weekend. There's no doubt about that, uh, but still find themselves in 14th place in the Cowboys in 15th place, the Raiders are the other side as well, right down the bottom there. Obviously having injuries and whatnot, things that haven't gone their way, but uh, this is how this competition is. It is fucking brutal. It is a tough competition. And the Cowboys just sort of struggling to get themselves up at the minute. The Dolphins on the other hand sitting in fourth place on the ladder. In the top four. In the top four, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Storm, and the Dolphins. What a narrative. Sensational to see. Shout out to you, Dolphins fans. Congratulations. Save every single minute of this season in the next few weeks. Obviously, with new franchises, saw the Titans at the very start. They killed it at the top, and then it can get tough a few years later. Just enjoy it for what it is, Dolphins. I really do hope that this franchise is setting themselves up for the future. And by the looks of it, they are. You look at all the young talent they've got that you're only seeing a little bits and pieces of in first grade. I think they're sitting in a real good spot. But enjoy it right now, Dolphins. Just live it up. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, are probably expecting it to fall apart later. But you consistently keep proving us wrong, and you consistently made me sit here and go, fuck, am I, am I missing the mark here? Is it right in front of me? And I'm not seeing what's in front of me, which I'm happy to admit I quite possibly am. So enjoy, Dolphins fans. It is sensational what you're doing. Cowboys fans, pretty disappointing at the moment. 
But I still think there is a football side there that when they win two in a row, they can go on to win eight, ten in a row. I think they're that sort of footy side. So hopefully Toddy Payton, he can turn it around. This is why, uh, you know, all the awards and everything last year, all, all, all the compliments came his way. He is a fantastic coach, and I'm far from putting the red sharpie through the North Queensland Cowboys.